Are you looking for homebred dwarf cichlids like black rams, madaka ricefish, neo cardinia shrimp, or easy to grow aquarium plants? Look no further than Daku Aquatics at D A K U DakuAquatics.com. This guy's a hardcore hobbyist that turned his passion into a business and now has a fish room over 100 tanks supplying homebred fish, shrimp, and plants to other hobbyists in the USA. Don't believe me? See for yourself. He posts daily on his Instagram with over 55k followers. Check it out, Instagram.com slash Daku, D-A-K-U, Aquatics. He's also on Facebook and TikTok, too. Right now, you can go to DakuAquatics.com and take 10% off site-wide with the promo code AquariumGuys at checkout. Let's kick that podcast. podcast jimmy i missed you <laughs> who are you stranger it's been far too long i know what happened we promised everybody we'd be back more and then we lied well i just put two episodes out in a row so people should get off my tits already two in a row yeah two in a row i quit listening to this podcast so long ago i couldn't even tell you in the last one i've heard two in a row so, so let's kick off and have some fun jimmy i'm your host rob zolson i'm jim colby and I'm Adam Elnashar. And in the background, we have Dan Piazza from Dee's Fishco. Howdy, y'all. You're just, you're just going to be like, kind of like the side regular. You're now the new Adam. Adam got upgraded. Wow. Yeah. So now you get it too. Adam's now up in, in economy class. Uh, yeah. Adam's in economy class. Now you're, in, you're still in the luggage rack there, Dan. <laughs> the luggage rack? Yeah. Above oh, the seats. All right. Before we get into too deep of a topic, which we're going to talk about what you should be having on hand as a fish keeper. Gummies. Or gummies. Oh, fish keeper. We always talk about a little our, our personal news. So this last weekend, we just got back from the Minnesota Co-op Expo. I don't really, the naming really doesn't rattle my, my memory, but I just know it as the cool expo at Joe Shrimp Shack. <laughs> That's and the reason. Hot, yeah, I was going to say the reason that doesn't jog your memory is because you got heat stroke. It was so goddamn warm out there. We all got heat stroke. So Adam joined us. Adam drove up an hour and a half. Robbie and I drove down three and a half hours for the show. And Joe from Joe Shrimp Shack sponsored this event. And for a first time event, it was freaking rocking. It was good. It was good. It was. Yes, it was. Easy a couple thousand people. But again, it's hard to keep track because it came from all directions. And apparently we screwed up parking where all the people that were there parked in front of their own booths. <laughs> well, live and learn, I guess. Next year will be better. Yeah. So anyway, next year the plan is to bring it indoors, which would be a little bit easier because a lot of the vendors did have trouble with fish towards the end of the day when things were getting too hot. Yeah. Some of the vendors did it for the first time and they didn't know to bring a canopy and then let the 90 degree heat bake into their fish bags and watch them die. Right. And so we did, we brought two canopies and we lasted five hours longer than anybody else. But then at the very end, it was still getting a little much way to put them back in the coolers with ice. Too much. Yeah. But we sold quite a bit of stuff and we sold out of Jim Colby's famous car seat sponge filter. That's right. We actually signed some autographs, didn't we, Adam? We signed quite a few. We did. But I was sad. I only got one guy that wanted it on his butt, but I did reject it because his girlfriend was there. So 
He wanted the one on his butt. A signature. Oh, okay. I wasn't Colby. sure where you're going with that. Yeah, so. you were a bit busy. Her, his girlfriend was there. I mean, it's, yeah, that's how it goes. I even sold some of the plant. Oh, the plant was phenomenal. You know, this sexy Arab that we have in this podcast, <laughs> this dude had his own little hustle. Like, he came up to hang out with us and help Jimmy sell, because it was Jimmy and Jen's booth. It was a three-tape, big eight-foot tables long. We had a lot of stuff to sell. It was a good time, but then Adam sits there hustling on the side, and he keeps pulling out this little baggie filled with the plant, and he would sell it literally $5 a strand for people as a plant. So we would have fans come up to us and be like, guys, it's so nice to meet you in person, and immediately be like, hey, man, how you doing? Hey, Adam has the plant. Adam has some some stuff. Would you like a piece of the plant? And they're like, hell no, <laughs> and they walk I off. did way more than accepted. It's true. I mean, I feel kind of bad because I did accuse Adam of coming up and just selling like his pubic hair. Right. That's kind of what that plant looked like. But yeah, a lot of people went home with some of that plant. So it's good to get some feedback next time we're down there from these different folks that bought it and stuff. It was wonderful. I'd like to plan more of this. Like if we go to an event, if you want to just come say hi to us and, and hang out, that's what we want. Consider that like your meetup space. If we're going to some sort of event and we're going to be there, we're telling you ahead of time. Come bug us. That's what we want. Some people are just shy. Oh, you're busy. You don't have time for us. That No, no. We told you to come there to definitely talk shit in our face. Yeah, we, t- we took a lot of pictures. We signed some autographs. The police asked us to leave. The police? No, they didn't. But no, it was a, it was a good time. And hats off to Joe from Joe Shrimp Shack for putting this on. Did a great job. Next year, the plans are in the work to do it indoors during the winter months uh, when we are all bored out of our gourd up here in the great state of Minnesota. Right. I'm trying to think. I still got heat stroke from I do. the weekend. It was, it was a lot as far as updates. Well, another update that I didn't let people know about is in my fish room, I've decided like I'm going to class it up, jazz it up about 15%. When people go out and have a hobby garage, what's the first thing you see? It's that Miller Lite calendar with the 1980s nudie girl on it. Uh-huh. Right? It just doesn't work. I can't put beer on my wall and feel like it's Rob's. Rob doesn't even drink alcohol. So instead, I found myself a tasteful art print by a Ukrainian artist in 2016 that is a delicious gal reaching in, trying to scoop angelfish from the top shelf for a kid that's pretending to tie his shoe looking up her skirt. Yes. It's wonderful. It's like a 32 by something. It's actually pretty classy. It's a classy picture. It's a classy picture. My wife likes it. You should take a picture of it, put it on Facebook or something. Beat you to it. I took pictures and put it on Discord. Well, good for you. But so that, that is actually a really cool picture. I looked at it and thought, that'd be kind of cool in my fish room, but unfortunately I don't have any wall space in my fish room. It's all tanks. All, all tanks. All tanks. So yeah, that was a beautiful addition to Rob's fish room. Adam, what did you get at the show that you put in your fish room? The little tiny, little, oh, little tiny people. I got a pair of pygmy sunfish. People? Well, what's the pe- tiny people you were talking about? Those. Is that a joke with the dude, dude he bought it from or? No. Oh, the, the okay. dude he- you actually went home with two pair. I bought you a pair too, didn't I? You did. You traded some crown tail guppies for a pair, another pair of those. So I have two pairs of them now, and I'm very happy that I have them. And so they came male, female, right? I mean, they are actual two males, two females you got, right? Yep. And yes. And so, so they're going to be breeding. I cannot wait. What are they called? Pygmy sunfish. So I think these ones are the Florida pygmy sunfish. So the males will turn black. With blue spots all over. They only yes. get about an inch. These are the Eastern, so you are correct. And how big do they get totally? Yeah. Like an inch total length, maybe really? an inch and a half if you're lucky. Stay nice and small. Because the ones that uh, we purchased down at the show, they were about the size of your small fingernail. I mean, they weren't yep. very big. Yeah, yeah, they were They were unsexed youth. Well, he tried to sex them. He probably has better luck than we can. But yeah. He, I would consider them unsexed. 
Kind and of, he was kind was, enough that if someone had some issues with heat that day, he's actually replacing them. He went on the yeah. went on the show page for that. So next yeah. year, well, like you said, we'll be doing it inside, and you'll hear more information coming to the podcast here. So yeah, as that comes closer to being, I know it's already in the works. There's already talks. There's already talking about different facilities to have it at, and we're going to do it in the winter time so we can be indoors under a controlled environment because it got to be in the 90s down the cities, and it was just a little too much for everybody. Now, another update, people have been asking, because we put out the podcast talking a little bit about my saltwater experiment. I'm going to keep the update brief. The saltwater experiment is going very well. I now have introduced a molly into it to help out. I'm going to keep that for another episode topic. I want to do a whole episode on my adventure. That way I can properly piss off the saltwater community in kind. That's important to make those people. Why, why are people upset about saltwater mollies? Not saltwater mollies. I'm specifically doing a setup. We talked about it on the podcast before, Adam where my setup is a 60-gallon saltwater aquarium, but the rules are I am not to heat it and I am not to use anything with a motor. So it's all air-driven. And let me tell you, I'm getting more than a re from anybody that's a salter. They're just losing their mind. So the, I'm killing corals and inhumane and all this yeah, shit. Things look pretty good. So actually, it reminded me a lot of... I came down the other day and, and you had a little bit of moss growing or what was that stuff that you took out? That was a moss that was growing a little bit in there? Yeah. And anyway, I thought the last time I saw this was I was in Mexico in December and I was in the ocean swimming and, I, and a bunch of that stuff got around my ankle and what was attached to it? A plastic fork. Ooh, I should make it authentic, put some trash in there. I was going to say, so we should throw in a plastic fork in there. Maybe just a lost pair of swim trunks. There we go. Like, I like Women's it. swim trunks. I mean, uh, let's make my basement classy. I like it. Right. You don't want to see my swim trunks. It will cover up half the tank. It'll take up the whole tank. Right. Well, anything else, gentlemen? Any, any other shares before we dive deep? Adam, you got anything? No, I I think I'm good. Well, time to do a quick check from our fan emails. Just to make sure we're keeping on top of that. We can do entire episodes, but you got to keep sending enough into us. All right, quick gallivant through the emails. So where we last left off was March 10th. We have Jeffy messaging in saying, Hey folks, hope you all are having a wonderful day. My name is Jesse, not Jeffy. My name is Jesse. I started my first aquarium mid-December and I'm loving it so far. I discovered your podcast about a month ago, and I have to say it's awesome. I listen to it nearly daily. I have a question about the KHPH, if you have a few. I test my water all the time. have noticed my KH goes consistently on a gradual decline to zero. Not sure why this happens. I have a freshwater 20-gallon tank with a piece of dragonstone, large size about a large potato, and a piece of spiderwood. A decent number of live plants, substrate of fluorite and sand, I have CCAM alkaline buffer to help raise my KH, but it also has effect on my pH. My pH is 7.4, while my KH is at 2 to 3 degrees. My understanding is KH has a direct impact on pH. Having a higher KH can help with pH swings, but I'm reluctant to make changes, as it seems my water will become too basic. I'd be interested in the advice that you have. Many thanks for the great podcast. Hope you have a great weekend. Jesse. Adam, Jimmy, you want to take this one? No. All right, Adam, it's you. <laughs> you do the short straw. K-H-P-H. So many H's. Okay. What does he have for fish? Does he even say in there? He did not. That would have been very helpful if he had cichlids or something soft. Yeah. He did say he had dragonstone in there, which will Dragonstone, but not the fish. Yeah, but dragonstone will throw throw things for a loop sometimes. It's kind of what I'm thinking, isn't it? When he puts the buffers or whatever it is in the tank, some of it in is landing because unless you dissolve it in its entirety like there's always clumps and shit 
Oh, like when you cook it in a spoon and put it okay. in a syringe. Let, let's pretend that he just has a bear tank sanded plants. Let's just forget about the Dragonstone because here's the problem. Anybody that has this thing called quote-unquote Dragonstone, you can't really import authentic Dragonstone anymore because it's basically on import banned lists. So the stuff that people get is <laughs> fake Dragonstone. <laughs> Adam can find it. Adam can find it, but if you're not Adam, good luck actually finding it. So who knows what actual stone he has that's leaching into the tank, but just pretending that that's not really a big effector, would this be a normal thing, Adam, in your opinion? In my opinion, yes. pH and KH go up and down throughout the days and nights, depending on everything. So I yeah, don't worry about it at all. You have things like if you're doing consistent water changes is not added here because water changes, especially if you live in the city, your water continually changes as they right. flush it through the system, as you get rains that come into the system, all of that fluctuates. So keeping track of what your city is, it's difficult. Well water stays more consistent, but again, it's well water, it's untreated, there's more stuff in it. So that doesn't necessarily keep things at a whole. And you also have the quote unquote stones that are bleaching into the tank. I would love to know why in the world are you using a buffer? Did he say he's using zeolite too? Was that in there? Fluorite in there and too, sand. Yeah. Oh, fluorite. Okay. Because zeolite will throw things for a loop if you use a zeolite in there. There's a lot of advantages well, and disadvantages to that too. My store that, that I had, my manager loved to use buffers for the cichlids. And every time you put a pH buffer in there, it just rebounded four days later. And that put more stress on the fish than just leaving them alone. I, I'm not a huge fan of pH buffer. I don't know if you guys are, but I've never really had good luck. So he asked for our advice. My, my advice is your stuff in your tank is going to leach into your water sources may potentially change or be well water. And then you still have a question mark. I would instead find your stable that you can create from tap and your system, get away from all buffers and try to acclimate your fish or pick fish that suits the water parameters that you have. You will have a better time, my friend. Thanks for the question. Next one. And probably spend a little bit less money, too, and all the all the things are thrown at it. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Hey, Robs. Question from Ethan. I have got the current podcast. I started at number one. Listened through about four weeks. Love the content. Wouldn't say I'm new to the hobby, but I am green. My parents owned a pet shop before. I was born in the late 80s, and we always had a tank that never really worked. Just kept a few fish. I always felt like there's a lot more to it. Now that I'm a parent of four, nod to Adam, my oldest two have requested fish for Christmas. I was excited to grant them their request, but I've always wanted to start a tank of my own. We haven't had a permanent living situation until about two years ago, so now I kind of have jumped in with both feet and found my own desire for fish keeping. We started with the tw old 29-gallon from my grandparents' building that I originally came from my parents' store, so a pretty old tank. Now that there is a 10-gallon in each of the kids' rooms, I think we have done quite well. The main issue I keep running into is figuring out water chemistry. I'm a high school science and chemistry teacher, so I understand how most of this shit works, but it's different in practice. I know everyone has a different water depending on where they live, and I'm really interested in the best way to manipulate it to get the right type of breeds of fish. I am really interested in trying to breed and has been great learning experience for my kids. I have a well, so no chlorine, but hard water, lots of calcium. I heard y'all warnings about RODI. I've not done a personal deep dive into it, I don't know what would be worth a whole podcast, but I'm really interested in hearing you guys talk more about water chemistry and how to get your water right for your fish. In the meantime, do you have any recommendations, suggestions? Start a deep dive in this topic. It's like they know. They, they send emails in kind to each other asking these questions. So we'll have to do an uh, entire episode on it, but to help you out, if you're looking to do it, the best way, like buffers is 
the wrong option, my opinion, and using RODI and remineralizing your water is the best. If you have water that is just too hard, it's not the pH, the pH is too high for what you're trying to do, and you're trying to do, say, cardinia shrimp, you're trying to do discus, stay away from using your tap entirely. Use an RODI, remineralize, or do a, a mix. 25% tap, 75% RODI, and still remineralize. Yeah, you can do a 50-50, and you just play around with it until you see your fish are happy. And you'll know your fish are happy is when they color up, they eat well, they come to the front. They will tell you if they're happy. If they're not happy, you'll know. People say, well, I don't have a meter that tells me that my water's correct. I'm like, well, if I use a master test kiss, it just gives me numbers. I'm like, you have fish. What are the fish telling you? Are they acting as shitty? Are they staying in the corner? Are they gasping for air? There's a lot of symptoms that you get to see with your fish. So do your homework. Purchase fish that are more applicable for your water. Otherwise, RODI, baby. To be honest, I never used RO water from growing discus out. I had well water in northern Minnesota and they grew just fine in that as long as their temperature was right. I think that they grab a lot of, the, they grow faster. If you're doing the water changes, they grab all that, all Kel the calcium and everything calcium. right out of the water and they grow better. Yeah, there's a pH deal with a lot of discus that are sensitive, especially if you get them from overseas and whatnot. If you can get them from a local breeder, you have a way better chance than if you import some discus in because they're already pre-acclimated to the water. Jimmy, you just had a strain of guppies that you had to get in and pull all kinds of strings. You got a bunch of pairs in and you didn't have them for long. You knew they were going to die because of the circumstances of where you got them from. You had them drop fry and the fry carried on the lineage. Right. And the fry are doing great. So I brought in some crown tail guppies from Thailand. I knew what the water parameters were there because I had talked to my supplier. They forwarded me the information. I tried to get as close as I possibly could to the parameters. They came in, they looked pretty good, but I started out with probably 10 pair and the, the females that lasted the 30 days to give birth and stuff, they don't have a lot of babies. They'll have 10, 15 babies tops. And I kept all the babies and now I'm on F3 generations of locally bred crown tail guppies and they do very well. But unfortunately their parents all passed away because they just can't handle the shock of coming over the long trip, plus the different handles. They're at the transshipper, they're, then they're at the retailer. And so I was just very happy to get a few fry. And right now I sold quite a few pairs down in Minneapolis, and now we're just working on bringing in other colors of crown tail. And I have that coming up here in the next 60 days. Yeah, so you knew that your water parameter is not gonna go there. You knew that they're so sensitive that you're not gonna be able to RODI it and go through the hell. Mm -hmm. So you decided to roll the dice. You knew they're going to get in. You're just hoping they're dropping fry because then the F, was it F2? How does that work again? Well, the I mean. next lineage, as long as you yeah, have a batch in F1, water, F2, F3. They're acclimated. Right. And so, and then I visited with quite a few guppy breeders down at the show. And they said, yeah, they had probably 12 varieties of guppies. And they said, these are rock solid. And these, until you get your babies going, they're pretty shaky. And same thing, everybody knew the same. One side of Thailand uses a lot of salt. The other side of Thailand doesn't use a lot of salt. So you have to know what part of the country they're coming from. And that's always kind of shaky, unless direct farm that's coming from. Well, thank you for your question, Ethan. We will definitely do a whole podcast on the matter. In fact, I think we got two separate people we could reach out to. There's a gentleman in the DNR in our local area, and we could also talk to Josh Price of the Ohio Fish Rescue. He's a water expert for the city of something, Strongs, Stin, Strongsville, Ohio. So yeah, we'll get her done. 
for sure. Yeah, if you want to you want to get some interesting reading, you can go on Aquabid. There's a gentleman named Joe Gargus, G-A-R-G-U-S. One of the best books ever. And you can go and download his book for under 10 bucks, I think. And he is a water expert, and he has made water systems for cities down in Florida. It's an easy read, and it's very, very informational. And so if you go on Aquabid, it's Joe Gargus. That's what he goes under. Joe has been breeding and in the pet industry for over 30 some years. So give it a whirl and see if you can find that information. I have that printed off. I know Adam has it printed off at our homes. So, all right. Yeah, I bought the hardcover book. Yeah, I'm too cheap. Next question is from Justin. Hey, boys, this won't be much of an email. Just wanted to say thanks for the entertaining work you do. I listen to the podcast every day and slowly running out of episodes to listen to. Although it's super saddening. I look forward to listening to more. That's because you one, suck, Rob. From one fish-loving dickhead to another. Thank you. We well, got that right. P.S. How much you really spend on that arowana? Nope. Come on, Rob. Nope. Tell people. Mm-mm. Could you bought a used car for that? Yes. You know what? I will tell people, but I'm going to post it on Patreon. Because you, <laughs> you got to pay a f- dollar to hear that news. But oh, God. That's how that works. So check out our Patreon page. It was a lot Patreon.com forward slash Corium, guys. Spend a buck. You know what I should do? Our episodes unfiltered, Jimmy, before they come out. You know what I should do? You know how that 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 chick was sell? Can I say chick? That dame, that broad. There's a lot we shouldn't say in that, this podcast, that, that, my what, friend. Cunt. No, we can't say that. So <laughs> you're not British. You're not British. All right. So that, that 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 gal that, that sold her bathwater. Oh the, yeah, I Bell, Belle Daphne. That was for forever ago. But Delphi. Right. I could sell the salt from your tears from when that arowana died. <laughs> I could make millions. It was, Rob cried for three days and, and I saved all his tears and then they dried up and I have salt pelts in a little jar I could send you. Y'all sons of bitches, you know that? <laughs> That's what that is all about. All right, next one. Help from, I'm going to try to say this name, forgive me if I butcher it, Sanjeev. I've started having fish a few months ago. I'm pretty new to this. I've seen a lot of guides, aquarium-related YouTube videos. Not enough, I guess, because it's not helping me. The problem I've seen is there were tanks have no covers on top, which I prefer, but for some reason, my fish keeps jumping out. I've lost a couple, and I feel, I feel stupids. So if there's any advice or ideas that would help, please let me know. Please share with me what solutions you have or something you guys did in cases such as this. Thank you, worried fan of the podcast. So, Jimmy and I... <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Sorry, Jimmy's allergic to your bullshit email. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm so, just kidding. So, what happened? His fish are jumping out. Well, Jimmy and I are, are very much fans of being topless, aren't we, Jimmy? If you want to pick top or don or no top, we're topless type of people. Now, in this situation, we didn't get the one piece of information that was most vital is, what fish do you have that are jumping out? All right, are they hatchet fish? Because there's no way you can have no top on your tank with hatchet fish. Swordtails? They are within hours guaranteed to jump out of your tank. Swordtails, most of the time, will jump out of your tank. You there's so many species that you can have that won't, but these are guaranteed ones we're reading off to you. Do you know what I like about, about hatchet fish after they jump out of the water? They turn into chips. Yes. Use them for poker. Salsa. Salsa. Oh. Oh. Because they, they're kind of curved, and it's like like, a, like, like a Frito scoop. Just... I was going to say, it probably smells like a Frito scoop. Exactly. Dan, it's got that floor, yeah. that foot smell. Yeah. And at the at the fish shop, you have to save the next hatchet fish that jumps out, and we're going to do a, t- a Totito scoop on the oh, yeah. podcast. Absolutely. That's what we're going to do. So, yeah, it, if you have a fish that won't jump or is less likely to jump, because all fish can jump, 
then topless is a, a thing for you. But since it sounds like you are not picking the right fish, I'm I'm guessing, put a top on. So if you can't find yourself a pre-done top at your local fish store, what you can do is go to your local hardware store and they can cut you a window pane. Measure the top of your tank, go to the hardware store, they'll cut you it out for a couple bucks, whatever they charge. But make sure to take sandpaper and do two swipes to the edge because you will cut your whole hand open. All the edges. Jimmy and I have both cut our hands open. Yes. What is that corrugated plastic that you see all these YouTubers use? Yeah. That could work as well. That you can cut it at home, but that's not near as fun as having a pristine glass top. What was that? Yeah. That one song, Third Eye Blind. You can play him jumper. Play him jumper. It's on, it's on my tip of my brain. <laughs> don't jump off the ledge, my friend. I don't remember. I think Jim Carrey sang it on that movie, Yes Man. Yeah. I'm just going to say, okay. Okay. All right, we're almost caught up here. Let's keep doing this. Crank them out for the boys. Hello. Hi. Has your company lost a sale or I said, no, no. Have we lost sales no. from, from our Bud Light thing? We don't like spam emails. All right, next one. <laughs> <laughs> Have you lost sales because of Bud Light? Let me help you. Lloyd. Oh, I'm going to cut that last name out. Lloyd says, I've recently. Lloyd, Lloyd Smith. Lloyd Smith. I've recently had your podcast shared to me by a friend. I'm thoroughly enjoying it so far. One of the fish that I've grown to really love, especially in the community tank, is a Serpe Tetra and candy cane Tetras. I've done plenty of homework beforehand and learned a bit more about what types of locally available Tetras work best for both my personal wants and for the fish I already have. I'd love to hear your thoughts and experiences of these fish. There are so many Tetra varieties with different needs and temperaments. They're great community fish, definitely part of a bread and butter stock. In my opinion, greatly overlooked. Thank you for your collective wealth of knowledge and amazing work you do in the podcast. I'm only up to episode 15 so far. <laughs> well, boy, when you hit oh, 18. Boy, you get to, yeah, we'll full offend you. Yeah. Well. Adam, Adam, what do you suggest? What's your favorite Tetra? He uh, said Serpes, right? He said Serpes. And Candy Cane. That was his two favorite. Are the Candy Cane the 511s? Tetras. Yeah, 511s. Okay. Yep. That's my wife's favorite Tetra, the 511. They're pretty sweet. Which ones, what color are those? Oh man, they almost look like a bleeding heart yeah, it's to like, a point. It's like a diet bleeding heart. They sell them yeah. around Christmas in most, <laughs> most stores. Yeah. Actually, we had it at D's for the Christmas sale. We Five, sold a bunch of them. 511s the, are pretty uh, popular. The candy canes? Yeah, candy canes. Uh, I think hmm? we still got some of those in stock. Reordered of, by popular demand. Yeah. Now we got a bunch of Serpe Tetras. Serpes, well, they can usually hold their own against anything. Oh, wait, Skirt guys, if you get a large group of them. We got chat talking shit right now. They say Serpes are assholes and Harlequin Resboras is far superior. Wow. So thank you, chat. If you guys want to lay the smackdown on us. Yeah, if you want to join us live, go to AquariumGuysPodcast.com. Bottom of the website, you'll find the link for Discord. You can join us live and have your own opinions thrown. So what was what was the last one he said? Serpe Tetris suck and what 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 rules? Harlequin Rasboras. Yeah, otherwise known as pork chop Rasboras. Yeah, I use, those, I use those as a white mic. Imagine butt. being named after a clown. Pork chop? No. Yeah, but Harlequin. Oh. But but she's hot. Pork chop the clown. And, yeah. and DC I don't comics. know what the hell you guys are talking about. Harley Quinn. I personally think one of the sexiest is the long fin Serpe Tetra. Adam, what do you think? Those ones are nice, yeah. You know the, the you know the Serpe has the regular, the red ones, and then there's the yellow variant. There's a super red, yeah. There's the super red. I like the yellow ones myself, right? But I don't have a favorite fish because then you know what happens? They, they die. All die. I was gonna they say they die. You're, you're asking for what we'd recommend also for these tank goers, and 
I got two of them. I go with penguin tetras, otherwise known as hockey stick tetras. Do those in a group. Those are pain in the ass. They, they are die. tough to keep alive. Yeah, I have no problem, and I've had, never had a problem with them. You, I quit. I quit ordering them about swine. ten years ago because they don't live. All right. Well, don't be these guys. Use tannins in your water, and then. <laughs> Uh, what, lemon what, Dan, Dan's got something to say about penguins. If they tetras. end up on the floor, you can use them as a hockey puck. Oh. And then we could use hatchet fish as the puck, and then we could just play table hockey, downhill table hockey and have nachos and salsa. The yeah. columnaris ones, they have that like perfect bend yeah. in the spine. The yeah. last ones to check out is lemon tetras. They I like the lemons. same size. They hate, If you can get them in darker environment with a lot of coverage, they actually brighten up. Go figure. The lemon tetras. Yes. The the other yeah. te- the other tetras there we go chat says lemons are cool green fire are a nice variety right. yeah there's a lot of cool stuff out there you can find in your face in your face chat's full of shit all right I think that you know, gets us mm. caught up what's that Adam questions Amazonas had that Brazilian tetra booklet that came with their regular magazine did you guys get that if I did I didn't see it oh, there's so much in that book I can only like do an article at a time every now blue moon that's because it's it's reading and not pictures it's I, Rob, Rob, Rob's either video. I, guys, I only last three minutes, and then I don't need the magazine anymore. <laughs> That's why your hands are so calloused. You're right. Where are these pages stuck together? All right, moving on. <laughs> so my fish magazine. Let's get to the topic we came uh, to what talk topic? about. Why you suck so much? Well, for- let's all go around the table and each name one of our collective must-haves that we have on the shelf. So if you're listening, new fish keeper, old fish keeper. To remind you of what you should be having or checking stock, this is the aquarium guy's official list of what we believe that each aquarist should have on hand in a case of emergency. Because if you have a fish that gets sick or you need to handle something, waiting for prime shipping does not cut the cheese and you cannot expect that your local fish store is going to have all stock in at all times. At two in the morning. At two in the morning. That's When you need it. Because if something's going to die, it's going to be your favorite damn fish. Every single time. Also, if you're local, you don't have favorites. That's right. If you're a local fish store, God bless you, because we know that you're the only saving grace of a lot of these uh, naysayers that haven't had medication on hand when shit goes south. So, number one, here's a round for you, boys. Yay! Yes, I'll start the party. I believe that everybody, everybody in the fish hobby, okay, should have some sort of hard detoxifying conditioner, meaning like a prime or amquil. So, so many times when people get in fish, even if they buy from a local fish store, but most importantly, if they get stuff shipped in, it's been in the bag for a while. They're, that bag, most of the time, unless you're using a breather bag, is sealed. So, that bag, with all their crap and piss in the bag, has been shipped. The moment you crack that bag open, that ammonia just immediately turns a toxin the moment goes, it hits air. It goes south real quick. So, if you're going to try to save a fish and get ammonia out of the water... The best thing to have is some sort of product like a prime or an amquil on hand at all times. When I bring in the large quantities of fish, they pack 300 neons in a gallon and a half bag. I open up the bag, I shoot a wad of amquil. <laughs> why, why, why are you guys laughing? Nothing. Continue. So I shoot this huge wad of amquil in the bag. Oh, it's a huge wad. Huge now. wad now. So anyway, I shoot this huge sticky wad of amquil into <laughs> the bag. And then I reoxygenate the bag and tie it up and let it sit for a minute before I start doing water acclimation. Right. And stuff. Cause I, and I love Amquil. I think Amquil is great. So here's a story. I just got in a bag and it was stuck in the mail for over a week. A week. Yes. Over a week. This gentleman, I would shout him out, but I don't have his permission, 
sent me, again, I'm always on this quest for fish that need help. So I got Cuban lemias in. I was very tickled By the way, can I get a pair from you next time I see you? Yeah, not a problem. Actually, I got a guy by you that could probably deliver it. He's probably an hour from your Sweet. house. Anyways, Cuban Lemi is in. He paid for the two-day guaranteed shipping from the post office. It's mistake one. Don't use the post office, and you technically can't use FedEx, even though you can still ship it if you don't declare it's fish. That's right. It's just water. It's just water. Don't worry about it, bro. Nothing's live in there. But anyways, he paid for the two-day guaranteed shipping, and it took over a week to get here. I'm like, they're dead for sure. So he was going to see if he can do a claim, the whole thing, go through the whole rigmarole, because it never even showed up to my house. Then it just suddenly arrived, and the post office gal says, yeah, this fell on the side of my car, sorry, and then just drops it off at my house. Wah, 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 wah. Wah. Open it up, and I shit you not, still, there's eight small babies in the bag. None of them have died. I'm looking at this going, the moment I crack that bag open, these things are going to have ammonia burn and just shit the bed. So thank God I had the bottle of Amquil, because who knows if it was another hour before they die in the bag. If I didn't have that on hand, those fish would have been gone. It's something that you just can't plan for. So keep the Amquil, keep the Prime on hand for those moments. I opened the bag, dumped my water Prime in the bag. Did you shoot a Watt? I bag? shoot a water Prime in the bag. Cool. And just a little one. They're doing great. Oh, yeah. I saw them tonight. Yeah, they're doing great. All right, Jimmy's turn. What do you got, Adam? First thing you should always have. Ooh, pause you there, Adam. Garlic. I'm going to pause you there, Adam. We got some Why? people from the chat. They ask here, is Amquil the same as primers or more to it? Now, if you contact the companies of Accordon or Seachem, they're going to say that their products are different. I'm here to have a unsponsored, unbiased, personal-only opinion that they're basically the same shit. There's a bunch of companies that have these detoxifying ammonia conditioners. It's basically the same stuff. Some people add more stuff to it, depending on your brand. There's an entire line up of these different types of conditioners, but the most prominent is Prime and Amquil. Yeah, it's essentially thiosulfate. It's in everything. It's even in stress. But isn't Prime the stuff that smells really, really bad? No, Prime is the stuff that that bigger that Ohio right, Fish right, Rescue yeah. high, gets right. high off of. Yeah, right. And, and anyway, Prime smells horrible. Amquil does not. Yeah, so they they have their own blends, but essentially it's doing the same stuff. It's an ammonia detoxifier specifically, not just like the stress stress coat or normal chlorine detoxifiers, although they do put, like you said, low amounts in them because it's in everything. All right, Adam, you're a garlic freak. Aren't yeah, you? Adam hates vampires. Continue. Garlic is important to have. Why? Uh, you should have it in your food. In your, in your food? Uh, well, you add it to the food. It goes in their slime coat. I think that it's the best thing ever. It gets fish to eat. It helps fight ick. So the garlic guard, whenever the liquid garlic guard, I always recommend you soak some frozen food in that and frozen bloodworms, frozen brine shrimp, you'll get everything to eat. I've had the hardest to keep for saltwater fish, like mandarin gobies. I've done that with Daphne and stuff for them, and they've done good. So I always recommend garlic guard in the house. Let me paint this out for you, gentlemen, before these two start bitching and arguing. Adam's very pro-garlic. Jimmy believes, like, where is garlic in the wild, and why should I be using it? Right. And I'm kind of in the middle. I've used garlic with positive successes, but I have not set that self where I have to have a garlic on hand as an emergency purpose. Help me out. For the listener, what do you recommend and why would they keep it on hand as for an emergency? Well, the reason why is because have you ever noticed that sometimes you'll go and you'll add some new fish and you don't quarantine right or something and then you get 
ick in the water, but if you can't hit it with chemicals because it's a planet tank, this is what you do. And if you don't have a UV sterilizer because, you know, you dropped it, you broke the bulb, that type of shit, this is why you have Garlic Guard because Garlic Guard is just, in my opinion, is like the best thing ever. I use it all the time in my shop. I always fed the fish with it right away. It helped clean out internal parasites So you use I get a it, lot of wild caught stuff. You use it like a general booster when fish are acting up or is there specific yeah. things that you treat with garlic? Well, ick. I've had it work with the flukes, the long stringy flukes that come on the fish. So it's, if I notice something, I just start hitting them with garlic right away until I can get medications. Isn't it also a natural parasitic? Mm, there you go. The only things that I've it's used garlic for is when I see the fish deteriorate and I cannot figure out why I'm doing water changes. Other fish are fine, but I have specific fish that aren't doing well. Like wasting? Just kind of like wasting away where they have like wag for mollies. Just when their shit doesn't look quite right. Then I'm like, all right, garlic this stuff up. And parasitic issues. If I have parasites, I'll take my normal medication for parasites, plus I'll boost it with garlic. That's I, that's the only times I use it. And Jimmy, do you use it at all? I was a firm believer in Melifix for a while. That's a good thing to have, too. Is that on your list, Jimmy, for the next one? No, it's not. Oh. I, I, I had Melifix, and I used it. I, I ran into the rep out when I was out on the road. He was at one of the pet stores. Yep. And I put it in, in my tanks. I followed his directions and stuff. And basically, it made my entire warehouse smell like Vicks Vapor Rub. It does. And and foamed up the water to the point where it was like in a rotating bathtub. And I never really saw any ill effects of it, but I never saw anything really great come of it either. All right. So I'm going to take this one as mine, right? Melifix is something I actually use and recommend, but only in certain scenarios. Melifix is hippie shit. Remember the Melaleuca, the, like the, how do we put the diehard closeted Christian folk that would come door to door and sell you things. They would sell Melaleuca, generally at like a church bake sale, stuff like that. This is concentrated Melaleuca that treats your fish. So I use it, again, anytime you have fungus issues, anytime you have fin rips and injuries, stuff like that, but you have to, and I'm dead ass on this, shut off your light. If you're going to treat with Melifix, no light. They keep that stuff in a dark bottle, you put it in your tank, you turn on the light, it's just not going to work. That's how I treat my ex-wife, yep. yeah. keep her in the dark. And keep her in the dark. And when you say that your whole warehouse smells like vapor rub, I have a, I have a quick story. I'm going to throw Dan under the bus. I go upstairs. Dan is living with me in the house. And I go upstairs. Are you guys a couple? We, we are. Yeah. I go upstairs in the upstairs shitter, and I'm, I'm taking a crap, and I look over <laughs> the counter. Okay, that was enough. Inf- that was too much information. I'm on the toilet. I'm taking a crap. You're reading. I look over in the bathroom counter, and there's a giant bottle of Melifix. Now, I thought for sure that it was my daughter that found it in the basement and then brought it upstairs because she was playing with the bottle. And I'm like, I, I grabbed the bottle and I go down to take it downstairs. And then Dan comes down the hall and says, what the hell are you doing with my Melifix? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Did my daughter put it in the bathroom? No, I need that for my hair. The, f- the f- man. What? So I was wondering why this what guy you- smells like an old folks home with a Vicks paper rub. Oh, yeah. It's his f- hair you use it in your hair melifix absolutely my god why you need, you need to close the f- door of the microwave when you run it because <laughs> all your good brain cells are pretty much gone the shitter oh no i've been doing this for years for melifix so yeah my my wife i had to let my wife know to leave the fish medication in the bathroom because it's for dan's hair Needless to say, I'm pretty pro-Melifix. Now, t- explain us why. Like, just, it's just tea tree oil. 
That's it. You said it was the best form of teacher. Well, that was okay. your argument because you're so, trying to rationalize. So this. my argument is it's a better grade of tea tree oil since it's used for a medication than what you're going to get in most cosmetics. I got to give you credit. I haven't seen you with a touch of acne. Oh yeah. And I see like your guy, you're a good looking dude. But you have like, what I can tell is like maybe some old acne pitting and you haven't seen you with one pimple since you've been here. So maybe it's working. Maybe I'm a bit harsh on it, but still it's, I just want to hilarious. I want to see him in the dark sometime. I wonder if he glows in the freaking dark. Oh, absolutely. My piss is radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> now to backpedal a little bit, Adam, you were talking about garlic. I sent you a academic article from the university of Michigan. They were doing a study on stress toxin in Corydoras, specifically when okay. they like f up a bag and poison themselves. And basically their method for reversing self-poisoning in albino and bronze Corydoras was to administer garlic extract. And they had something like a 100% success rate within two minutes. That's insane. That doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. Procedure to produce garlic extract needed to be added to a hospital tank. One must first obtain garlic cloves. One pound of garlic That's cloves. That's a lot of garlic. Roughly produce Ooh. one gram of garlic extract. Let's let's stop there. <laughs> Holy hell. Go to go to the grocery store. And, that, they, the, and they have garlic extract in two ounce bottles. That that's is. why that garlic guard stuff, when you crack it open, dude, it'll clear a room out. Yeah. If you go buy garlic juice at the grocery store, which we use to inject turkeys, a half a teaspoon will do 25 pounds of turkey. Here's three sentences. Conclusion. This is from the scientific study you posted. Using garlic baths, both on bronze and albino corridors, we're able to make a miraculous recovery from self-poisoning. Knowing that there is a cure for self-defense mechanism is groundbreaking and reassuring to marine biologists and aquarium hobbyists. Having the ability to revive and reverse self-poisoning process opens the door to save the lives of many corridors. Now, I have so many questions. How soon do you have to administer this? Is this like... Instantly, uh, as fast as you can. As probably. quickly as possible. So... If you get them in the mail, as soon as you get them out, you do an immediate water change, you get them in a garlic bath... But you you kind of want to keep doing like a few water changes, keep them. So if they come in sideways, yeah. Especially if they ship them like fifty to a bag. They when they they come over from the orange, two hundred fifty to a oh, bag. Oh yeah, absolutely. About two gallons of water, and they have them, they have them doped up pretty good, and stuff. And if you drink that, it will mess you up. I'm thinking some of the <laughs> rarer Corydoras just don't get shipped because they have stronger poison. I mean, if you're one of the rare Corydoras, you're, you're only buying 6, 12, 24. Yeah. You're not buying 300. All you need is like 12. Right. You're not buying 300 albino Corydoras. You're not buying 300 Paleotis. Because those are kind of the basic bread and butter of the whole thing. But if you're out there to be as a breeder, what a wonderful thing or a zoology type thing. Well, I took Melifix. That's mine. It's important. Well, I haven't done anything yet. I know. I just it's been, your turn I now. Just, I just it's been very, bantering. It's very Jimmy's turn. I've been bantering. So I was doing some research, like we all do. And here's something that you don't really consider a medicine, but carbon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Well, and, and anyway, I pulled this up off. The, so I'm going to read this. I apologize. Don't but apologize. It, but anyway, carbon. So for poisoning, active carbon is often used as a filter media, but more advanced aquarius don't bother with this stuff arguing that it isn't necessary, but active carbon is supposed to keep the water clear and free of smells, but many will claim those 
the condition should be caused by frequent water changes. And anyway, active carbon can remove certain toxins in your tank, making it safe for your fish. So if something toxic gets into your tank, there's a charcoal can filter it out. What can it filter out? It can remove medications. So if you're medicating something, you over you put too much, put too much in, the cap falls in, throw whatever. a bag of carbon in. Yep. It also will take chlorine out and chloramines, hydrogen peroxide. I didn't realize it would take out hydrogen peroxide. Bleach, it'll take out tin. I don't know why you'd have a problem having tin in your tank, but it'll take out pesticides. So think about it. If you have a pond outside and you're spraying your lawn and the wind drifts a little bit, and now you're concerned about all your prized koi, well, throw in three pounds of carbon mm-hmm. and see if that helps. Gold, acetic acid, vinegar, soap, iodine, silver, and mercury, all things that carbon will take out of the water. So here's why in an emergency, I believe that carbon's a must. I don't think that people should be using carbon all the time. You can, it doesn't hurt. But the carbon only lasts so long. Throwing a bag in, it will only do justice. It only has so much of a life in your tank and you have to replace that carbon. So because of it, I'm not just going to like dump my wallet into putting carbon bags in every time I do a water change. Right. So I keep it on hand as a medication. So if my, let's pretend, your mom, someone comes with a Windex bottle and then just starts scrubbing your tank up, suddenly you have all these toxic chemicals and you know it's going to kill your fish. Throw a carbon bag in. Do another water change. Keep that carbon bag in there because you're treating for the accident. If you put in that too much Melifix, do water changes and throw a carbon bag in if you're done using the medication. Yeah, here's the stuff that carbon won't help with, okay? It won't help with ammonia. It won't help with nitrates, microbes, sodium, fluoride, hardness, zinc, copper, and carbon dioxide. Things that it won't help with. Well, when's the last time any of this happened? Where you had carbon dioxide. Oh no, carbon dioxide. (laughs) Exactly. So anyway, I think it's a pretty cheap fix to keep it on hand. It's certainly not going to hurt anything. I mean, if you're throwing a long ball into the end zone trying to save your fish, I mean... Now, another one one that they don't really list there, because they're just talking about just carbon, most of the carbons you get are a blend. So you get the other, like, white pellets, and they'll do a mix of other things in there, and those are more focused for, like, ammonias and whatnot. So know that it does more than the list we suggested, especially if you get the blend. And the other thing I'm going to throw out there too, which is is kind of in the same thing where it's not really a medicine that this particular guy wrote down. He, the other thing you probably should have just to be on hand, which has got nothing to do with medicine, is a battery-operated air pump. Just throwing it out there. because yeah, Jimmy took two because we skipped him. That's right. Well, I'm not done yet. I'm going to go on forever. Oh, no. We got to take turns, Jimmy. Oh, I know. It's Hot, ho- Holy shit here. We're, Who's we're turns it now? It's Adam's turn. But we got to go over battery-operated air pumps. You can get these things. Uh, on Amazon, Cobalt sells one. There's different brands, but you can also, in a pinch, go to your local bait store. They have what's called the bubble box. A bubble box is not just a rechargeable USB battery-operated pump, but it's intended for your bait minnows. So it'll run on sometimes AA, sometimes 9 volt, and it's intended to have a pump that hooks on your bucket for your minnows that you're going to be using going into for baiting. So if you just keep a bubble box on hand in case emergencies come up, whether your power goes out, whether you're going to drive six and a half hours to go pick up a specialty fish that you're worried about and you don't want to bag or can't bag, then keep that bubble box on hand. Well, let's let's talk about what I brought to the show the other day that you guys saw. That was sweet. What was that, a Sunjo? Sunjo battery pack. Mm-hmm. And because we were outdoors, I was able to bring a 33-gallon tank, which I threw a bunch of high-end arandas into and of course around the parking lot there is no power and my my lovely wife found this online and it's made by sunjo and it's about 150 dollars. but we got it for 99 dollars, i think because they had a sale on them 
and we plugged in our our back pump on that thing and it ran probably seven hours that day and we still had seven eighths of a battery left on the thing it's basically just a large battery pack and i think i could power my my fish room because most people who have a fish room have one air pump and if you lose power for seven or eight hours and after a couple hours you'll see your fish are starting to have, have problems then you could you could plug your one air pump which is going to take quite a bit of electricity but you could plug it in to your linear pump that we have and run air into the tanks of fish so you wouldn't lose any fish and we've got about 75 tanks right now we've got two breeding pairs of discus and man i don't know what i'd do if i lost two breeding pairs of discus it's insane jenna would have your nuts the yes. thing has usb usb-c usb 3.0 it has wireless charging for your phone on top it's got led flashlights in the side the thing's insane if you go on our discord you'll find the link for it it's the sunjo pp g300 it has 298 watts or WH. That's not watts. Hmm. I don't know what that measurement is. Yeah. It will tell you, Rob, if you take portable a, power generator. If you look at stuff, it'll tell you certain appliances that'll run. It'll run a small refrigerator for a day and a half. But you gotta realize that a, a refrigerator comes turns on and turns off and stuff. But it tells you different appliances that how long it'll run it, depending on how much. And it will tell you so like when we bought it, we tested it, we brought an oscillating standing fan into our living room and we just wanted to see how long this would last. And it, that was drawing 12 watts, and that thing lasted probably about 12 hours before it died. Here it is. AC output, 230 watt peak. It's insane. This is 200 bucks right now on Amazon. It's normally three. It's on sale. Yeah, and you can go on the Sunjo website itself. Not sponsored. Yeah, the Sunjo website, where, where we bought it directly from them, and I think that it's listed on there for $199, and we purchased it for like $150, bucks, $149. Because you guys use the promo codes. Yeah. And the thing How is, is that they sell all kinds of garden appliances and stuff. We bought a electric rototiller for our garden. And it's a Sun Joe, and I thought, oh, electric rototiller. Because right now, certain items like rototillers and things like that, where you only use once or twice a year, every time you use them, you got to put a new spark plug in, you got to change the gas and stuff. So I thought, well, I'm going to try this. Because one of our neighbors has the one of these. And when you go out to the rototill with this thing, yeah, you have a cord dragging behind you. This thing kicks ass and throws dirt for freaking four or five feet. And you got to hold on to it with all your, your work. And, and so when Jen found that generator, it was made by the same company. I said, I'm willing to take a gamble on this. And uh, it works great. So I highly recommend having something like that. Reach out if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> there we go. All right, Adam, your turn. So you guys are going to laugh at me. We do I all really the time. don't care. Well, I love you fine. anyway. I, I just really don't care. There is a book from 1989, and it is a fish disease handbook, and I recommend that everybody has that book in their fish room. Emergencies or not, you should just have that book. What's the book? The Handbook of Aquarium Fish Diseases. The Hand... Oh, excellent. Who's it by? It is by Dieter Untergasser. Oh, my God. Spell that. No, don't. Don't, don't spell that. Anyways, this book has been great. Because you know how there's some diseases that look like other diseases and you're just, and, you're, and if you treat it wrong, you're going to end up killing your fish or losing your prized favorite fish. Mm -hmm. That's what this book is, is it actually has like a chart that you can go down the line and go, does my fish have this? Does it have this? Does it have this? And then it goes, see, somebody found it and they put it on the side right there. That was Amazon. me. That was it's me. The best book ever. How about, 
I'm finding it online on Amazon for $21.74. Yes. Hardcover. Hardcover, Handbook of Aquarium Fish Diseases. And the last edition, actually, was uh, edited by Axel Rodai. 1992. Axel Rodai, you mean Axel Rod? I refuse to give his whole last name. He wanted to be pompous and name all the fish after him. He's going to be called Axel Rodai from now on. No, right. no, just just buddy up to him. <laughs> just call him Herbert. Herbert. Yeah. It's from our homie Herbert. A. I love his yogurt. Oh my God. Herbert's yogurt. But I mean, this yogurt book, this book's helped my pet store out. Oh, it was before everybody had smartphones and everybody's like, oh, you can just look it up in your smartphone. Yeah. How many asshats do you see that think they know what the f*** they're talking about on their smartphone and they have a website and then they go and they tell you the wrong f***ing disease and then you kill your fish. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put all of these links. So far, we have the Sun Joe and we have the handbook. I'm going to put them in the show notes, but they're also in Discord. So if you are listening to podcasts, you will find the Amazon links in the show notes, and that doesn't help sponsor us, so still so you want to help us. That was a good Patreon. one, Adam. I'm not going to make fun of you on that, Adam. No, there's no making fun of you. No. That's, in fact, I've actually looked through that book. That's, that's, that's a solid book. My, my turn. The, the next thing you should have, Methylene Blue. If you don't have Methylene oh, Blue... That was one of mine. In fact, can you <laughs> do yourself a favor? There is another chemical that we can't get anymore called Malachite Green. Malachite? Malachite. M-A-L-A-C-H-I-T-E green. You can't get it in just straight form anymore. It's just kind of banned. If you can find it, stock up on it forever. I still got a half bottle left that I'm cherishing for the rest of my life. But methylene blue, I guarantee you, will someday be taken off of our shelves. And methylene blue is, bar none, if you're going to use a chemical, the best way to treat ick. There's so many more uh, fish diseases and ailments. And using it for fungus on fish eggs. You should always have a container of methylene blue. And then make sure that when you use it, to always use a glove because it will be on you like you choked a Smurf. That's exactly right. Yeah. So have that on hand always. Can I tell them what, the reason why they should always have some of this shit on hand? Because they're going to take it away from us? These Exactly. So in my store, I had a vendor come back and they tried to take all my good fish antibiotics. And this is my tangent, so I'm sorry. Back in the day Deal when Adam it. had a store, you uh, Adam could order fish antibiotics. Like amoxicillin, cephalexin, stuff like that to treat yeah. things, to treat things better than anything else. He could just order it and yeah. have it on the shelf. Now, to get those, you have to go through a veterinarian and have a prescription to get amoxicillin and cephalexin. They have taken those away, not entirely. You could still go to a vet and they'll look at you crazy like, you want to get a medication for your fish? But then they'll help you out most likely. These have just been flat banned. I can't go to a vet and get Malachite Green. They're just, you just can't get it. Yeah, one of my favorite companies that I used to deal with, I still have their book, and I cherish that thing because it's just a, a, about a 12-page paper handbook that I used to get. And anyway, this company was called Chem Aqua out of California, and they're no longer around. And they had every type of fish medicine you could imagine in huge coffee can-type containers, and it was inexpensive, and it would be at your door in two days. And after all the feds started regulating everything, they had oh, to... hated that shit. Yeah. I'm going to have to edit so much. You guys suck. Edit this. You. Oh, yeah. F continue. F this. Continue. So anyway, Cam Aqua and going out of business because they just got so overrun with with government. Blah blah blah. But there are so many different good medicines that they had. They had one called Receiver One for when you brought imported fish. That was just a kind of a combination of about four different things. They had one called Receiver Two, where if they came in really bad shape, you'd put them in there. You'd put the stuff in there. And I know methylene blue was in there. The mechanite green. 
plus a bunch of other stuff. And you couldn't even see these fish. You'd put in what they say, which is like a little scoop per 10 gallons, and you wouldn't see the fish for a week. And and when you did a water change, they'd come out of there and look like they just got spit shined in, in a microwave. It was just so good stuff. Have you been spit shining things in your microwave? I know you've been running the microwave with the door open. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, your turn. Next one. Well, this is... We got to pump through these. We're an hour in already. God, you guys. Here's something. Peas, peas. Okay, okay. If you're just a human, you should probably have a bag of peas in your fridge just so that, you know, when you whack yourself in the head, you have some sort of ice pack for your face. When I had my vasectomy, that's where I put it. That's where your nurse told you not to because if you see your balls covered in something green, you're going to call the doctor. No, no. I use peas. It worked good. How about Remind you, Adam? me never to eat peas at either of your houses. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> peas. Peas are a good thing. Peas are a good thing. So peas for your fish for constipation. That's right. Whether frozen or raw... Always have some peas in your fridge in case of overfeeding. If poor water quality isn't the number one cause of aquarium fish deaths among new hobbyists, it has to be overfeeding. Fish in the wild don't normally have enough food at a time to gorge themselves. They eat tiny, tiny bits of food here and there all day long, so their stomachs weren't designed to eat big meals like you and I. And because they are always in search for food, they will overeat and become constipated. So they're saying you could feed... Feed peas. Feed peas to your fish to help them become unconstipated. And your jimmies. Feed peas to your jimmies to help constipation. That's right. All right, Adam, your turn. Well, you took my methylene blue. Yeah. And then, and then you shit. told me not to go on my rant about how the government ruined my fish medications. If you want to take a peek. I think we should have an episode called Adam's Rants. Talk to your buddies in Canada. Canada has it so <laughs> much worse than America does. They can't use any fish medication at all. It's ridiculous. Well, they also don't have freedom of speech, any rights. All right, but politic no podcast next. What else you got? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I got to think now. Okay, I'll I take didn't. another one. He has to think. All right, so everybody should have something for parasites. We talked about the garlic, but that's really you know, that's specific. I believe that you should have something like a Prazi Pro. No, no, no. Metronidazole. Everybody should have. Yeah. Again, you me- metronidazole. I I enjoy Prazi Pro. There's other ones. What was the one that we found? from dr smith and foster that had the methanidazole in it you guys are so good at pronouncing all these names it's metrodazinal assholes metrodazinal <laughs> metrodazinal you f- oh we f- answered the question for that dude too metrodazinal metroplex no it's there we go thank you yes metroplex is just a, another form of metrodazinal that they f- named for fish metrodazinal can be used in humans and I, all of these medications yeah. in most forms, actually, I don't think the methylene blue will what metropolitans people, are good for. Oh, no. Treating internal parasites instead Regardless, of the external. You should have something for parasites on hand that is a more of a general cure. I love Prazipro. I've used Prazipro in a lot of applications. I think that specifically Prazipro is a great choice out of your options for a broad spectrum for parasites. It will not do everything. But have something for parasites on hand. I even go a bit further, and I had a bunch of pond fish. And anytime you have pond fish and you get rescue Fluke. fish, you got to deal with anchor worms, flukes, lice, shit. So I have a special treatment on top of it for ponds for lice and anchor worms because I deal with goldfish so often. I have a wife who takes ticks off me. Like, have we, you done that like to your goldfish? Ticks? You ever taken a tweezer and have to take lice off your goldfish? Yeah, but it's more fun to have my wife take ticks off my back. Because she rewards you afterwards. Uh-huh. Excellent. You know what's really good to have on hand? It treats literally everything 100% effectiveness. Gummy bears. Iodine. No, I'm just kidding. Clove oil. 
clove oil. Yeah, yeah. that'll kill everything. Right <laughs> fix there. everything. Fix everything. All right. That's Dan's recommendation. Now, real talk, uh, if you have a fish that was not going to be rescued and you're just trying to end it nicely, clove oil is the, like you take your dog to the vet and put them down. This is how you take and put your fish down. Wow. You get ace, you get a bucket of water, you'd add your clove oil and you just watch them fall asleep and never wake up again. Or Why does it work? I don't know. I don't ask questions. I just put the juice well, into like, the bucket. But, but seriously, <laughs> why does clove oil work? <laughs> he puts the juice in the bucket. Use it to stun fish. They use it for surgeries. I've actually done it for fish surgeries as well. Like, like I'm a surgeon. Yeah. Mine, if I have to cut something off a fin, I'm gonna knock them out with clove oil. Not enough to kill them. I'm just going to dip them until they kind of unconscious. You're hoping. Cut it out the the fin and then revive them. Who I've the done f- this many times. Thank you, Bill Cosby. You 100. You want Bill Cosby those fish? That's there how you get go. it done. So you guys are a bunch of sick. <laughs> All right, quick tangent. I'm sitting there. I got a 1949 Dodge and I'm trying to talk to pickup. Uh, I'm trying to talk to the mechanic. I'm trying to get some ideas of fixing something that's wrong with my truck. Even clove oil. I'm, I'm telling him the only way I can get the, the, the vehicle started. And like, I'm telling him, so you got to take the air intake off and then you Bill Cosby it and then it starts right up. <laughs> and he looks at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, little ether, little can of, <laughs> little can of starting fluid. Little you got Bill Cosby it, and he just lost it. Oh, my God. Hey, Robbie. Did you th- think of your selection there, Adam? No, but do you want a bottle of Malachite Green? Because I can get you some. Shh. We must, the podcast. We must be very, very quiet. After okay. Take it. Want some green? Hey, kid, want some green? <laughs> All right, Adam, what you got? One thing you should always have on hand in case of an emergency or just in general life titanium grounding probe there you go Mm -hmm. if you don't have that you're absolutely so the reason that you have a titanium grounding probe is if you have an aquarium you care about and you have a heater in it glass especially titanium any heater that heater will eventually burn out when it does it will electrocute your fish to death so if you have an old heater have a grounding probe if you have a new heater consider a grounding probe if you don't have a heater have a grounding probe anyway in case you change your mind and add a heater have a grounding probe on hand, my friends. Yep. Let's take a second and talk about what you and I talked about last night coming home from the fish meeting. God, I don't remember. There's a lot. Our experiment. With, oh, with a crack, okay. With a cracked heater. May I? Yeah. May I? Go ahead. So Jimmy and I have want to do an experiment. Now, we don't think we should because it's unethical, but you never know. If you were to take, because we know that fish in an aquarium, when electrocuted, can die, right? But we want to know how much kills a fish. So if you have, what do we say? A oh. big fish, a small fish... And then we had parasites. Parasites. Some sort of maybe we'll, we'll call it even like fish lice. Fish lice. We just right? want to see it what. So if you were to take and put the volts in the water and you just gradually turn that electricity up, which dies first? Is it the big fish? Is it the small fish? Or is it the parasite? Right. Because we're thinking. You may be able to use low doses of electricity to kill parasites and leave the fish alive. Like it. You know, just chalk them no. a bit. Like ick. What, Adam? No, it doesn't work. So, in my 75-gallon tank, with discus the size of dinner plates, Robbie, I don't give a shit. You're going to have to edit the out of this podcast today. <laughs> I, ha- I left, and I was gone for five hours. And in five hours, it wiped out my entire tank. And I'm talking about probably 10 or 12 discus that I was set- had in there for breeding pairs. I had some L46. I had some guppies and some sword tails like it killed just about everything but one fish what was the fish what was in, the fish it was one it was a female sword tail i still don't know how she lived so you weren't there to witness it so we don't know what died first the parasites 
or the discus. So I think we need to do this experiment. Okay, so or maybe so we should do it be, for visectomies. The discus, the discus were the ones acting goofy, and that should have led me to believe something was wrong in the first place. Because what, when your fish are being electrocuted, they are darting around the tank. They're acting crazy. You put your fingers in the water, you can feel the little zapping. And so yep. I just still believe that if you're going to do the full experiment, big fish, small fish, lice, which dies first. Right. Because I mean, if yes, we, I understand that yours burnt up, but you also didn't control it. You didn't sit there, watch it. Right. And every five minutes, turn it up a little bit. Think, you know think about it. It, it. Think about it. If we could kill parasites like ick on a fish, then we could take it to a new level and we could cure cancer. I feel like we're here. Cancer, Robbie. Right now, you and I are scientists from the Third Reich. That's we right. We got that same mentality. Let's that we're just cure cancer. Wow. Let's do it. Cancer. We need to shut this down and not do this to fish ever. Our, our imagination got a little too a little far too ahead hard. of us and you had too much beer, Jimmy. No. Coral, on the other hand. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. No, right. they grow better with electricity. We're, we're, on, we're on a time cap, gentlemen. All right, Jimmy, what else you, what else you got? Well, so Dan brought it up. And so I'm just going to go down this rabbit hole. Metrodazinol. Metrodazinol. And, and now I know why Dan is so high on this. Because it's good shit. Does metrodazinol treat chlamydia? <laughs> when metrodazinol is given as, as a follow-up treatment for persistent symptoms of chlamydia. Really? Usually in addition to other antibiotics such as erythromycin. No shit. I it provides treatment and possible bacteria causes. And yeah, so, so it if helps you're, chlamydia. If you're so too, I'm, too embarrassed to go to the doctor and get your chlamydia treated, <laughs> right. just, just go to your fish store. Get some right. Metroplex. I've had people call in and ask if we have fish mocks for like their house pets, like their cats and dogs. Right. I would not be surprised if somebody with an itch came in and was like, hey, you got any metronidazole for... Also, my hair's a little screwed up. You got, got some Melifix. I got this trout. It's got a problem. So what I want to put this out just so people don't email us and we don't get in trouble. Disclaimer. Do not. If you're listening to this and you're a dumb f do not. <laughs> Even do if not you... go to your fish store and purchase products to, for human use. Do not do this. We yeah, are making jokes. That. This is the reason why I lost my antibiotics. We do not do this. It is jokes. This is also why we had a bunch of COVID remedies and stuff taken away from us. Don't do this. It is, it's not intended for human consumption. We are making jokes. They're, they're saying it does not treat gonorrhea. So if you've got gonorrhea, skip the metrodazole. I'm just Googling this stuff because of damn. Chlamydia, though, is good. Yeah. Excellent. Adam, got one? No, you took away all my good ones. Okay, I got the next one. Definitely going to have just basic water conditioner. If you're in a city and you don't have well water, you got to have water conditioner. Didn't we just say that? We, we talked about Amquil yeah. specifically for ammonia. We did not talk about just generic water conditioner for chlorine. Now, this also takes supposedly more out of the water in case you have harsh crap in your well water. But if you're drinking it, it should be okay for your fish, but still keep it on hand. Especially if you're in a city. I live in Perm, and Jimmy and I both know that we have almost no chlorine coming out the tap. However, there are days where we'll sniff the water and it smells like a pool. Guess what we're using? Oh, pool. Yeah. Like, like I thought you were sniffing Dan's hair. No. Oh. Mm. Mm. What's up? Hi, baby. This might be a, a crossover with the Deep Fried Conspiracy Podcast, but a good thing all fish keepers should have on hand, especially in case of an apocalypse, is iodine. Why is that? Yep. Treating your water. Really? Let's say you have a whole bunch of filtered water in your house. Make it work to your advantage. Or chlorine tabs. Yeah. Really? Water yeah. tabs. So you guys are kind of like doomsdayers type people, right? Preppers. Preppers. We there have we a go. name. Jimmy. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to state something that... that Special club. Yeah. 
Yeah, you guys spend too much time in the basement already, so I'm just saying, as you groom each other like a couple of monkeys sitting there going through each other's <laughs> hair, pulling out ticks and shit. Whoa. <laughs> just because our grooming doesn't end up with a happy ending like yours doesn't mean we need to be a haze. Hey, speaking of that, I had a massage today, but there was no happy ending. Can you get to your next subject, please? Listen, Captain Obvious, salt water, aquarium salt, or rock salt. For injuries and illnesses, you should have some salt at hand. Okay, why? Why We, you we have bitched about salt why since not? day one. Why hasn't someone picked that as their first product? See, I know. I'm just, I'm stating the obvious here. Every person that goes to Discord, they're like, what's wrong with my fish? And we're just like, salt it up, bitch, then talk to us. Yeah. Every fish keeper knows that at some point, a fish will get ill, or at least hurt. You can buy some medicine in advance as a safety precaution, but fish medications often cause more harm than good. You have to be absolutely certain what the problem is. And you'll need to know if it can harm any other species in the same tank, which is a good point. We haven't talked about, like, if you're treating this, it might hurt your clown loach because it's scaleless. We've never, we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. Can't so, use copper if you're going to be using that, right. so might as well use something else. But here's, here's some things that it will help out tremendously. You're distracting Jimmy. Continue. <laughs> God, Dan's in here doing drugs or something. I don't know. No, no. So anyway, what I, what I used to buy, I wish I still had it, but I used to buy goldfish from a certain company and they once sent a piece of paper telling about the 11 diseases that it will cure a goldfish of, the salt. And anyway, I wish I had to save that, but I don't have that anymore. But here's, here's what aquarium salt covers a range of illnesses. It removes external parasites such as ick. It prevents bacterial infections on fish with torn fins or open sores. It treats external fungi. So that stuff growing on your junk, Dan, might put some salt on it. You can even protect fish while other nitrate poisoning. penis. I didn't want to say penis. Do we that's, have, that's the word. That's we, the word of the evening. Do we have to bleep that? That's the line. Penis. <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> we have to say, I can't say penis. Okay. So it can even protect fish from nitrate poisoning during a cycling tank. The disadvantages of salt, the drawback to salt is it can harm invertebrates and scalish fish, like, like cory catfish and stuff. So you just got to be careful on, on what you're doing with salt. But salt, when I go down to the Florida fish, all those different places we go down and visit, like 5D and Seagrass Farm, they have pallets, pallets of rock salt. When I say rock salt, I'm talking about the 40-pound bags that you use for your softener, not the pellets. We've always talked about the pellets, and they're held together by water-soluble glue, and that will kill your fish, plus it will kill your goddamn water softener. So it's just the stuff that looks like crushed gravel. It's the cheapest salt you can buy. And we went over to 5D to visit, and they had pallets and pallets and pallets of salt just sitting there. And they were throwing 40-pound bags in, into their reservoir just to keep salt on there to help the slime coating of all the fish. So salt is probably the cheapest thing you can have on hand. And you don't need to buy the aquarium salt that, that your local pet store you sells. You can buy the extra coarse softener salt. Right. And save yourself a little bit of money. All right. I'm going to answer a couple questions in chat. We have, since most companies don't even sell methylene and blue anymore, I think Cordon is the only one that does. There's a couple other companies, but they're not even labeling pure methylene blue. They generally have something like Ikir or something in the main ingredients, methylene blue. But yes, if you want pure methylene blue, the only way I purchase it right now is Cordon. They also said, never heard of fish lice. These things look gnarly. I now have new nightmares. On hand or always in an expensive tank for the grounding probe boys. If you're doing it right, if you have an aquarium and you have a heater, grounding probe. If it's expensive, definitely grounding probe. Yeah, the way that we, I would keep it on hand is if you don't normally use a heater. If you have a cold water tank, whether it's goldfish, whether it's feeder guppies, endlers, same thing, and you want to treat, you, treat something like ick, you want to raise the temperature. 
you want to get that over like what 82 degrees it's kind of the mark that i use and that's the time where you'll temporarily use a heater guess what temporarily use a grounding probe at the same time so yeah always in if you can baby next one oh extra airline tubing we should put on the list if rob's will be visiting <laughs> thanks yeah it's because you put thanks it up your so butt. much because you put up your butt sometime all right Back to the list, the next one I would have is a UV filter. You don't have to use a UV filter all the time. If you have one built in, your canister filter or hang on the back filter, great. But if you don't, keep an extra one on hand. You can buy the UV filters. They're actually pretty expensive. What is it for the like nice Aquatop one in store there, Dan? Like 100 and something? 80? Dep depends which one you're... The size you're looking for. I mean, from 60... Uh, anywhere from 60 bucks to 140 bucks for brand name yeah, UV filters. Typically they're around 100 bucks for yeah. for a good one with a built-in filter. Keep it on hand and run it when you need to. I mean, if you have ick, you can treat ick without ever putting a chemical in your water. Just put the UV filter in and it does a great job of, of killing ick. A lot of pet stores use UV filters just as a quarantine procedure. So if you want a cheaper method of having a UV filter, you can get a UV bar or a UV drop-in light for the back of your hang-on filter, something to put in your sump. What you cannot do is you cannot take that same UV bar or UV drop-in light and just put it in your tank as a cool little light decoration. I know that. Because skin cancer is real and fish get it. This is why Rob wears glasses. Yes, it is. I thought it was because he touched himself too much. Imagine yourself no, going problems. to a tanning booth, right? That you're In the tanning booth, what, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour if you're a freak? You come out, nice golden toasty. That's doing it the same shit to your fish. You are putting your fish, you're turning their tank into a tanning bed all the time. And so that's why I want to go to our newest sponsor, Goldfish Glasses. Little sunglasses for goldfish. We're going to be selling them for $15.99. And that's if you good. want to stick your little probe thing that lights up in your water. These Who told you my probe was little? And then you can put these little glasses on the goldfish. $15.99. We will also have a link in Amazon for one of these UV bars drop-in lights as well. Cool. In the show notes. What you got, Jimmy? I've got something kind of a, as a, I call this a catch-all, okay? It's, it's a general cure. It's API, sells it. It's a freshwater and saltwater fish powder medication. It's kind of like, if you don't know what you're doing, just throw this at it. And so anyway, it rapidly eliminates parasitic fish disease. Pretty general. What kind of fish disease? It's used for parasitic fish disease symptoms such as gill and skin flukes, Swollen abdomens, hole in the head, and wasting disease. So it's kind of a catch-all. So if, you, if you're new to the system, you don't know what's going on, it's relatively inexpensive. You get a 10-pack for like 15 bucks, and you can purchase this and try saving your fish if you don't have a clue what you're doing. But it's just, it's just got several different types of medicine in there, kind of like I was talking about earlier about that stuff that I would order from Chem Aqua, where it had just kind of a combination of things and try to as a catch-all. So it's very popular, and I use it on occasion, but I try not to. But if you are worried about certain things, buy one of those. Well, I don't know why we haven't picked on this yet, but master test kit. If you don't have something to actually read your water, especially when stuff goes wrong. Jimmy, I, Adam, we've all mentioned that quit testing your water, don't worry about your pH, and just put the fish in there. You instead have an environment to support good fish and acclimate them to your water, but you still have to have a master test kit to see if you've killed your cycle, to see if something is going haywire, to see if, you know, that new SpongeBob SquarePants pineapple is leaching stuff into your tank and changing your environment. 
knowing what's in your water is part of the battle when stuff goes wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. That was wonderful. Thank you. Jimmy, what you got? Well, the, the one thing that I like that I do use quite a bit because all my tanks are too full is a TDS meter. Yeah. And I like TDS meters because they're easy to use. They're quick to use. They're inexpensive to buy. You can buy them for 15 bucks. You can buy the, the juice to redo it. And that, that's like 12 bucks. So it's very inexpensive to test out your water to see how goopy it is. Jimmy, I'm a new fish goer. Why does TDS matter and what is it? TDS. Total dissolved solids. Yes, is the amount of crapola in your water. The higher it is, the worse it is for your fish. You wanna to try to keep it down between zero and 50. Once you get a little bit higher, it stresses out the fish and that's when your problems start. So basically what a TDS meter will tell you how dirty your water is and you simply can just change that TDS reading by a water change. And if you have four or 500 neon fish in a 55 gallon tank and your TDS is very, very high when you check it, do a water change and then check it the next day. You can't go from, from 300 down to zero without screwing your fish up. Yeah, you wanna go, go gentle and then you can also use it to test old RO units. If you have an old RO unit you bought from a dude, you want that water to be pretty damn close to zero. The entire idea is you're stripping the water to bare nothing and if you're getting a huge TDS reading, your RO machine is not an RO machine. Yeah, those filters clog up and they quit working. So it's just a cheap and easy way to fix things. But TDS meters are very inexpensive, very easy to use. It's probably the thing I use the most. Adam, you got one? Well, you guys are taking all my shit. I'm just listening at this point. I mean, we're giving, we gave you turns, my guy. I said chlamydia and you could have jumped right in. All right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do one last one for you. I believe that you should have some sort of, even if it's just in your sponge filters, but if you don't, a bottle or the powdered form of bacteria in a bottle. There's plenty of different things. Stress Zyme. I've had powdered versions, which some powdered shit. versions are by far the worst. Just need some shit. You just need a little shit to go a long way. If you're going to start a new tank, you just got to have a little shit. If you have a pad in the back of your hang in the back filter, squeeze that out. There you have it on hand. If you have... Uh, sponge filter that you haven't rung out recently, boom, there you have it on hand. Just make sure that you have some sort of bacteria culture or bacteria in a bottle on hand. And if you don't, have a friend that does. Don't start those tanks without it. You can, but who wants to wait the four to six weeks for the tanks to cycle and build that up when you can just go... I mean, how many times have, have we brought fish in and, and you go, holy crap, I have an extra bag of fish here they sent me that I wasn't planning on. Guess what? I got to start up a tank from I raw. Start, start up a tank, and I, I don't have a tank with a with a good cycle going. A lot of my tanks have four sponge filters. I'll grab two from this tank, two from that tank, and then squeeze another one in there, and you're up and running in five minutes. People have asked us, what's the appropriate brand or type of bacteria in a bottle if you don't have something that you can squeeze out of your own filter or tank? I don't care about name brand, but apparently I've been told that only like two or three name brands have the real actual bacteria in a bottle that is aquatic. I believe the API version is supposed to be one of them. Again, I don't care the about that. That's pretty good. Yeah. The, they're, apparently all the others use what they call a terrestrial, meaning that bacteria came from outside an aquatic environment. But how it works is even if it's terrestrial and you got that specific brand that has that, it will still denitrify until the aquatic bacteria appears. That's how those bottles work. I'm not going to say which is better. I'm just saying they all work in their own way. 
I'm not real picky on the name brand or if it's going to be some like Fritz one you keep in the fridge. Don't really care. They all do the job as long as you're following the recommended instructions. The only one that I would be cautious of is the dry powdered ones. Right now in my hand, I don't mean to shit on Mucha. Uh, I've tried some of their products. They're, they're good. It's more of the, the, the product itself. I back This stuff I got as a gift to try out, and it's powdered bacteria. And let me tell you, mm. using the recommended instructions yeah, on this, yeah. it's too strong. You put it in there, and you're essentially turning your tank into a Petri dish. Pass that over here. Yeah, this is, this is the nastiest shit ever. Light one up with that stuff. I know, right? It did the job, but it just put too much yeah. bacteria in the tank. Oh, this is This is awesome. So the, the problem that we have, we're 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 up in the northern part of the United States. We don't we're two hundred miles from the freaking Canadian border. Well, we got to be careful with bacteria in a bottle. If it freezes, it's no good. It's f- yeah, it is. No, so like, if you're gonna buy bacteria in a bottle and keep it on hand, the shelf life is how long on that stuff, Ad? Each one has an expiration date on the bottle. It's supposed to be like a year plus. So I, I remember what I, we used to do is just before it got really cold up here, we would order a bunch in because we know it hasn't been frozen. But what happens if they yep. put it in the back of a semi and they ship it up here and it's 30 below and it freezes and the pet store takes it, puts it on their shelf or anybody takes it, puts it on their shelf, it, it's killed all the bacteria. A lot of times too, I buy bacteria in a bottle from one of my wholesalers, Seagrass Farms, and they've got four different varieties and their stuff is so concentrated, like one bottle with two ounces will, will do... Like 50,000 gallons of water. Now, I've heard this. I, I've done the, some of the homework from one of the fans that have messaged us. Apparently, so they say, bacteria that you can squeeze out of your own filter, if you're getting it that correct bacteria, you can keep in your own container and store for up to one year as long as it's in the refrigerator. So if you want to and you want to be that guy that puts poo in a container, go for it. Get yourself a little canning jar mash some poo in a container and keep it in the back of your fridge to piss Just off your wife and kids. Waffle stomp it right in there. Yeah, and and then put on your kombucha. Kombucha. Tastes the same, guaranteed. Yep. Kombucha all the time. Adam, can you send me some kombucha to start a tank up with? Mix yeah. it with your Malefix hair. Let's, let's mix it with this uh, this Taiwanese ecological powder. What else you got, Jimmy? What else do you got? I think that's about it, man. But we're, we're doing well. We got a hell of a list. Devil's advocate, if you guys want bacteria, just be a man and go out and get yourself some good old-fashioned creek sludge. Oh, that's brave. Wow. Don't do that if you're <laughs> wow. listening. Don't There's do that. Parasites, scuds, legalities. <laughs> Legali- legalities. Yeah. Heroin needles, gun. Oh, man. I don't know. I've seen too many magnet fishers to know I shouldn't or be d- scraping anything from a river. You want to make some tough fish. Yeah. You start with the good stuff. Oh, boy. I mean, my, my only other thought along that lines is maybe go to the strip club, pick up four or five strippers, come home, help everybody could jump in the hot tub, take the hot tub water, bottle it up. Oh. If if you guys... What was that? Chlamydia medication again? <laughs> Metrodazidol. Excellent. If you guys ever run out of methylene blue, just know that they use that to dye blue jeans blue. So if you take some fresh jeans, you get them nice and wet, wring them out in the tank. So Levi's could save your fish from ick, is that what you're saying? It's possible. Methane blue, I love that shit. Me- methane blue also is used medically to uh, bring more oxygen in your blood cells. So what it does is it causes blood to use more hemoglobin than methoglobin, if I remember correctly. Because one of them is better at transporting oxygen through a bloodstream, so that's kind of 
how it works in the bag when you're shipping fish. All right, wrapping up. I'm going to use uh, a couple questions from the live chat. Those people are all drunk. The live chat. Special Ed wants to know what y'all think of formalin. Is that a name or a title? That is that is Special Ed in Discord. He is now infamous. I have not used formalin in my hobby. Again, I'm not a big saltwater goer. It's formalin, otherwise known as formaldehyde, is most commonly used for dips in the saltwater hobby. So formalin is a solution of 50% formaldehyde. Uh, yeah, I, it's not pure. I have in my possession two gallons, two gallons of formaldehyde. Pure, pure, the pure stuff. So... I, Later. Later. So the, the list of cancer-causing things that formaldehyde does. Now, think about, I, when I was in high school, we would sit there and dissect those damn frogs that were f soaked in formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is so easily goes into your Just, lungs and into your into your fingers and stuff. It, it is highly carcinogenic. You guys were eating paste and sniffing glue, huffing frogs. Yes. We miss your generation. And anyway, that's why we can't get away with shit. So formaldehyde was at one time used for trying to get rid of the guppy, the guppy saddle back. What do you call that? The columnaris? The gram positive, gram negative bacterial infection that the, the guppies got. Yep. Okay, Grandpa. Let's well, go take your medicine. So anyway, you know what's going to be so much fun when, when Dan <laughs> explains to his wife someday. I down remember the road, back in the day they he goes, used to I, ship betters on I used to be able to I used to be able to have children, but then Jimmy got a hold of my nuts and that, ripped them out. And that showed seems them to me. dead accurate, except it would definitely it'd be husband. Yeah, for I know. sure. <laughs> so right. so anyway, I, I bought formaldehyde. And the only way I could get it was to buy two gallons at a time. It cost me $125 back then. And I have tried to take the formaldehyde and drop it off at like when the local landfill has their turn in your paint. Oh, yeah. They won't even touch it. They go, no, we don't want it. Okay, that I, idea. I have two gallons of formaldehyde in my goddamn. All right. So just to let you know, formalin is not just pure formaldehyde. Formalin is a solution that's 37% formaldehyde. Ooh, sorry about that. And contains 12 to 6% meth methyl meth. Uh, M-E-T-H-Y Methyl alcohol. Methyl. Methyl. I want to say methyl. Methyl. Methyl is another word none of you can pronounce. We can't pronounce shit. And then the other thing... That's why we meth. have you here. Meth and alcohol. Meth and alcohol. They make such good grills. I love... I use a grill all the time. That that George Foreman grill. That we're George, George formaldehyde? George formaldehyde No, grill. that was that was Cosby. No. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. What? Next one. <clears throat> There's more? Are we getting paid extra for this? Because this is going long. Absolutely. Scrape the scum off the top of a hot tub and you're good to go. Can confirm hot tub's scum starts a cycle every time. With strippers. All right, here's an actual question. Keep some metronitis all on hand. Valo MC asks, I have Pinot... Dan, P help. Help. Pinot Grigio? P-I-N-O-K-I-O -I -I -O shrimp. And some guppies killifish coming from indonesia at the end of june what should i treat the tanks as a preventative measure if anything i live in south africa and products such as api general cure are just not available we have a local herb based general product heal all worried about my fish at end port wow all right so if you're getting if you're getting that type of stuff especially shrimp limits it you, with shrimp you can't use copper products at all with inverts right so you're already limited i would be Definitely using a little bit of prime when you open those bags after shipping all the way from Indonesia to South Africa when you crack those things open. Otherwise, be very ready that the moment you crack them open, you, you have to, instead of just acclimating them, drip acclimating them, you have to be ready to dump and scoop. The moment you crack the bag is when the water goes to crap. 
So be prepared for that. And then if you have just Herbal General Heal All products only, use a UV sterilizer and just keep it in there for the first three weeks. Interesting. You know what? It says Heal All, so I just Googled it on my, on my inner tube here. And it's a beautiful purple flower that's used to create... I don't think the Heal All was a brand. I think that's just... I think oh, no, it is a brand. Comma Heal All. It could be a brand. Yeah. All right. So anyway, it's a plant-based medicine that they use over that neck of the woods. Interesting. Heal all. It's like Indonesian Melifix. <laughs> Don't put it in your hair. Put it in your hair. It's a low-growing, spreading perennial of the mint family. It's been very distinctive puckered leaves with an Puckered opposite leaves? Of... Puckered. Puckered? I just want to kick you square in the nutsack. So, okay, the, the special ed says strip Promise? test the water before dump and scoop. Yeah, that's fair. That's not half as funny, though. You, I'm not going to take advice. Okay, from... here's the problem with Ed's method, right? If you don't have Prime, it's been sitting in the shipping way too long. The moment you crack the bag, that becomes real bad. That oxygen hit the air, hit the ammonia in the bag, and now you're going to burn your fish. So you got to be real quick with that strip, bud, if you're in that particular set of instance. So if you get lucky, maybe use some of the water that dripped in the box to test on the strip before you crack the bag open i don't know scoop and dump is not my favorite method but when you when you don't have the products to do it oh well what did you say the active ingredient was in heal all i'll tell you i got it right here heal all has a long history of medical use it's it's used to heal all manners of wounds both outside and inside the body it's even recommended making a compress a bruise of, of leaves and vinegar and placing it on your forehead to help with your headaches to me, it sounds like a little bit like a... We still don't get the active ingredient on Aloe vera. Aloe vera will, will help your cut your cuts, but it really will take care of your sunburn or any burns you get from the kitchen. But does it say an active ingredient? Your yeah, but it doesn't no. do anything for chlamydia. You would know. Does it have an active ingredient? You said no, it was from the flower of? From the flower of a heal-all plant. Oh, we don't know. They're keeping their secrets to themselves. It's from the mint family. Damn it. I, I'm, you know what? Choose some fucking double mint gum and call me in the morning. So it's, so I'm it's calling mint. you out, Hilal. Get on the podcast. We need to talk to you and see what type of voodoo shamanry you're selling us. Get some, <laughs> some Muon sweet water. Muon sweet water. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you guys, cord, what is it? What was it? Cordon wonder water? Cordon wonder water, I think is what was it, it was. Was it cordon though? I don't know. It's really hard to because all the stuff was taken down on the website. We did the research on that one, but. Uh, tangents tangents anything else adam help us no <laughs> i'm gonna hook you up with some shit hot shooting there tex you're you're a scholar and a gentleman the last time you hooked me up with some shit it took me a long time to recover <laughs> dude it it i had to call my doctor after four hours <laughs> <laughs> no it wasn't that <laughs> if it lasts Jimmy? longer than four hours why wouldn't you why would you call a doctor why wouldn't you just call your neighbors and go check this out <laughs> look at look it's a tall rack i have to stop answering your phone calls what just because of that very sentence. If it lasts longer than four hours, call more people. Call, get a pinata. Get there. You go. <laughs> there you go. Do you got anything else, Jimmy? I, I know I'm totally frustrated sexually and emotionally. Guys, I hope this helped you. Got. I know this is going to generate a ton of questions. We had to cover a lot of different topics that probably could have been their own episodes. So message us. Go to AquariumGuysPodcast.com. By the website, you'll see Discord bombard us with questions email us we check that we just did it this episode we, we do that check now. it every six months like we clockwork. do that now and you can also throw a buck to our in our direction for patreon and you can message us there as well get the episodes unfiltered that? and we have a merch store buy a hat we have a clock i mean they got the i love cock shirts back now what yeah 
that's a whole episode in itself right there. Yeah, Flowerhorn Cock, K-O-K, spelled this quote. So, uh, yeah, love you all. Till the next podcast. Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. Please go to your favorite place where podcasts are found, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever they can be found. Like, subscribe, and make sure you get push notifications directly to your phone so you don't miss great content like this. Guys, I only last three minutes, and then I don't need the magazine anymore. (laughs) Mash some poo in a container and keep it in the back of your fridge to piss off your wife and kids. So anyway, I shoot this huge sticky wad of Amquil (laughs) into the bag, and then I reoxidate the bag,